So the other day, Scott Weinberg was tweeting about uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, really? Have you watched Battlestar Galactica? I, I feel like we've we've mentioned this on the show, and you yeah, it's come up. I have not okay finished you it. I haven't finished. I know I've seen two and a half seasons or something. So whenever you, that anyway, what oh, you have say? seen it? I've seen two about two and a half seasons oh, okay. of the new show. Okay, well that's enough. Um, so the other day he was tweeting about rewatching maybe the pilot. Um, I think he was watching it on Hulu, and I decided to rewatch some of the pilot, like the miniseries, uh, on Blu-ray. And that show still holds up incredibly well. Uh, I, although I think like the pilot is way grainier than I remember it. Um, I don't know. Have you watched it in high definition recently? No, no, never. Never. I I mean, when I got it, it was like recorded off TiVo (laughs) to like a DVD. Like one of my bosses had one of those crazy TiVos that you could record stuff onto, oh, and they gave me the first season that way. So it was not high quality at all. So I, I'm sure it would be a totally different experience. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of high definition, so I, as I was rewatching the pilot and kind of reminiscing about how much I love the show, and uh, I thought, you know, I need to go back through my Amazon records to look at when I bought this show. Because, like, originally I bought the show on DVD. And then um, I did also buy the show in HD DVD. I was, I know we've mentioned that I I was one of the HD DVD folks. Yeah, I Um, still have a bunch. Or I mean, I have a bunch after the fact. I bought Battlestar Galactica season one on HD DVD (laughs) at full retail price (laughs) when when it came out in 2007, I think, is when I was looking at my receipts. Damn. That's some serious business right there. Seventy-five dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Seventy-five dollars. <laughs> HD DVD. Not even I you know, that is crazy. <laughs> I I almost fainted when I saw my receipt. And I luckily Amazon saves all your receipts and you can go through your your order history and you can just search for something to see when you bought it. So I just searched for Battlestar Galactica, scrolled, 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 and then there it was like this ridiculous I, and i knew that i had bought that i just couldn't remember how much i had spent on it originally isn't it sad how worthless those are now it is it is sad both how especially worthless, yes in your case for that <laughs> especially in my yes i know it's terrible i'm so sorry I, I mean i've also bought that season one on dvd then i bought it on hd dvd then i bought it again on blu-ray see that's just like i said that's dedication <laughs> i also no, I, I sincerely respect that like when you buy something in that many formats including dead formats that's great. I also bought it on DVD for my mom, like because I thought <laughs> I I thought this show is so good, mm-hmm. and like you know my mom and my stepdad are kind of Republican, and so I thought maybe I could get them into this show because there's like you know there there are elements there's like political elements to the show that I feel like they could get into. So yeah, it was fun rewatching that show. I I would love to I would love to have the time to go back and rewatch the oh. whole thing. Yeah, I kind of get, not jealous, but, because again, it's all self-imposed stuff, but when I hear somebody's going back to watch, even when you're going back to watch TV shows, sometimes I'm like, damn, I should really do that. Yeah. But there's so many shows I need to see for the first time. Plus, anyway, too much stuff. There really is too much stuff. I appreciate that you can just, you know, decide on a certain week or two weeks or whatever. This is the show that I'm doing. Or you make it part of your rotation so that you have a show you're working on plus movies, and I just don't ever diversify 
then I start I, I, I start watching something like Battlestar Galactica or I watch, you know, God, we watched some, we watched, we're watching uh, Fear the Walking Dead, which is the other Walking Dead show, the like spinoff one where it's taking place in Southern California and now Mexico. Um, that show is so bad. That was a terrible. My it, wife and son are watching it, but they're deadheads. So, well, I mean, season one didn't feel that terrible. It wasn't great, but I thought, you know what? It's different enough from the other show where, you know, it's still fun. But season two, man, I is just like killing me every time we watch an episode. Oh. I feel like I'm dying inside. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and yet we I still mean, keep watching it. And then when I went, and then as we're watching it, I think to myself, like, why am I watching this? I have so many things I need to be watching right now. I have, you know, like so many movies either to like prepare for podcasts or prepare for the website or, you know, Oh man, that's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. And I think like, I'm just, I'm literally wasting an hour's worth of viewing time that could be spent somewhere else. So the, uh, I will have a little bit of follow up. Uh, the, I mentioned a few weeks ago, maybe even a couple months ago now, maybe well, maybe like a month or two ago, there was the um, Kickstarter campaign for this history of Disney television animation. And uh, this one, it, it, this guy is making, he's writing, like, kinda, I think he's writing a book about the, you know, like 80s and 90s uh, Disney animation. You know, stuff that we all grew up on, like gummy bears and ducktails and tailspin and, you know, all of that fun stuff. And he's writing a uh, a book of it. And he's also going to be producing some other kind of bonus materials. He has a website set up for, you know, sharing different things that he comes across. But um, this one had a pretty high goal. He was trying to raise something like 10,000 euros. And as we were talking about it, you know, a month or so ago, it didn't seem like he was going to make it. Um, but the project just ended this past week and it, and it made its, its goal. Uh, right. It raised uh, 11,000 euros uh, from only 150 people. And I was one of those people and uh, I will be getting my, my book and Blu-ray of uh audio materials from this thing so i can't wait he's not going to have this ready until his estimated delivery is october uh of 2016 so it's going to be a while before i get anything but uh i'm so glad that it you know succeeded no that's really cool i was kind of worried about that one honestly when we checked in on it a couple times i'm like ooh, that doesn't sound like it's going to go the distance it's awesome it did i don't know if there are any other kickstarter campaigns oh you know there is another kickstarter campaign uh now that i now that I'm saying it out loud and I just remember getting an email about it. So I'm going to mention this on the air right now because it still has nine days to go. Um, so this is a Kickstarter campaign by the company film movement. Film movement is the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They do um, like a subscription service for DVDs, like art house and foreign DVDs. And um, it's kind of like a film of the month club that they have. And so you can, I th- they might also have streaming. Uh, I think you can buy the films individually, but you can also subscribe and get them uh, sent to you each month. They have a Kickstarter campaign going on right now called uh, Kamikaze 89, the theatrical re-release. Oh wait, Kamikaze 89 theatrical re-release. And then they're also going to be um, bringing it to Blu-ray. This is uh, Rainer Werner Fassbinder's uh, final 
you know, performance um, before he died. This is, um, let's see, the, the Kickstarter campaign is trying to raise $20,000, so kind of a lot. Um, and I think it's a lot because it's a theatrical re-release as well as a Blu-ray instead of just one or the other. Um, or maybe if it was just a Blu-ray release, then it would be less of a goal, but maybe because they're trying to do it theatrically, it needs more money. They only have raised $5,000 so far, um, and they still have nine days to go, um, which, you know, they, they might still be able to do it. Um, in order to get the Blu-ray, though, I think you need to go all the way up to the $45 level. Um, the $35 level, you get a DVD. The $30 level, you get tickets to the movie uh, when it plays at uh, BAM in Brooklyn. They also have a leopard print kamikaze bag that you can get for $25. Um, I haven't backed this one yet, but I think if I did, I would probably have to go with the $45 one just to get the Blu-ray. But uh, hopefully they will succeed. Film Movement is a company that I definitely like, and this is a good one uh, to support. I've always meaning to just go to Kickstarter and look up Blu-ray campaigns. Yeah, you know, when I search for stuff on Kickstarter, I wish they would stop showing me things that have ended. Uh, I don't, I mean, I get why they want to keep history on here in order to like, um, you know, so you can go back and look at old projects and see what, how things did. And, um, but I wish it would just be like by default, it would only show you stuff that was live. And then if you wanted to search like the archives, maybe you could, then you could search for what had ended already. Um, but there's so many times where I'm just like, I'll search for a Blu-ray and then I just see all of these listings you know, there's like one listing that's live and everything else is, is ended. And it's just like, I'm like, surely there's got to be more than just that one that's live, right? That has Blu-ray as a keyword, but maybe not. Thanks. All right. So let's talk about, is there any, do I have any other, uh, I think that's it. All right. So let's talk about some news. The Criterion August titles were announced yesterday. Uh, very exciting lineup of films um we'll be recording an episode of the newsstand tomorrow night but uh what do you think of this lineup um this is probably one of the more exciting rounds that for me anyway in a while as far as just about every title here is something that i want to see slash own um so yeah, like yeah, it's it's pretty good, pretty good. Group. So I think the big release, well, I don't okay, like the big release seems to me like it's McCabe and Mrs. Miller. The, or Chimes, Chimes at Midnight Two. Oh. The only reason I would say McCabe and Mrs. Miller first is because there's no other Blu-ray of McCabe and Mrs. Miller, right? Like, and there's not even, as far as I can tell, like a good HD version out there. I think you can get an HD version streaming somewhere, but. Um, at midnight the only reason that i think is 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 definitely important because that movie has been like unavailable in the states for so long and criterion and janice have been touring it theatrically and now that's finally coming to blu-ray it's something that we've kind of known as they've been working on for the past couple of years now um but there is that other blu-ray in the uk um which you know we'll have to wait and see how they compare 
but because that movie is already available on blu-ray and it's like theatrically available um i think mccabe just gets a little bit more of a leg up no i totally agree i mean it's definitely easily my favorite of this group yeah you know that i that i must have so what do you think of that cover is for me it's got a lot a lot of people are talking about that cover on the on the forums that i um it's fine you know for me it's fine i mean it's it's those text heavy covers sometimes seem Uh a little busy to me but um it's fine i'm i'm fine with it did uh i also think think it's fine (laughs) um you know that's not saying much but it's you know it's yeah I agree with the people who were complaining that they should have put Julie Christie on the cover somewhere or, you know, like had both of them on there. But, you know, I think this falls in line with Criterion style. I think it's okay. I think the two best covers have to be the women, woman, the dunes cover um, is like, you know, it's an upgrade from the the DVD that was in that box set. Uh, I still think that cover is great. And then a taste of honey, I think it's probably like, the best original one yeah. of this batch. I like that chimes at midnight c- cover, no, I but like I think too, like I say that. stylistically I have to go with a taste of honey. Yeah. I'll agree with that. It's uh, I really want to see this Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman documentary. Um, it, I think it toured theatrically last year and um, this, this disc looks packed with stuff. So there's a lot, it looks like a lot of fun. So is it, is it stuff that she filmed of herself over the years or is it's, it just all it's uh, there's day? I mean there's the documentary itself um but yeah included in the release there's super 8 home movies shot by Ingrid Bergman in the 1930s so nice. yeah lots of good stuff in here yeah that one looks great so what else has uh all right so let's talk about some of this Kino Lorber news that that uh, the titles that they've announced what which of these titles are you excited about or what what have they announced um well, today they just announced one that would appeal to the Criterion crowd. I think it's the beautiful blonde from Bashful Bend, the Preston Sturges movie. Um, it's a Betty Grable movie, I think. Um, it's it's definitely, for me, lesser Sturges, but it's still interesting, and uh, it'll be neat to have it on Blu-ray. I wouldn't put it past the cri- Criterion collection to have maybe put it out at some point. But anyway, so that's exciting. Um, there's a Mickey um, Spillane adaptation uh, called I the Jury with Amarne DeSante which is one of my favorite sleazy movies of all time it's really disgusting but it's a great movie and then the Neptune Factor is a disaster movie with a sub and Ernest Borgnine this has a, again, an but, amazing poster uh, the, Nep- the, the Neptune Factor yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I recall it doesn't live <laughs> they up never to that poster do. but regardless <laughs> no they can't but I still like this it's one of my sort of comfort genres so i'll watch anything and i I remember liking this one yeah comfort genre that's a good uh way to describe movies like this because that is definitely how i feel about it too yeah and then there's a richard lester movie called finders keepers that that's the last thing they announced but that's kind of cool too because it's i want to say it's post beatles you know uh richard lester and Mm -hmm. i i think he's interesting so what did um so there's a couple of code red titles on this list yeah i mean just stuff that you know 
horror fans and cult movie fans might dig, I guess. Um, there's one called Screams of a Winter Night, which is a notoriously low budget and by some accounts, notoriously terrible um, anthology film, but it's one that's been unavailable for a long time. I think Tarantino played it at a festival um, as a horror movie pick. But um, some people like it. It's, it has its fans, and I guess he's going straight from a 16 millimeter print because this one, that's part of the reason it's not that available. I don't know that it got a 35, or if it did, those are gone. Nobody seems to have those. So anyway, he's working on that, and then there's this movie called The Working Girls from 1973, which is notably um, uh, this movie that has Cassandra Peterson, who was Elvira before she was Elvira. I think she gets naked in the movie. So people seem to remember this one. But those are the two Code Reds for this week. And then do we have some some scorpion stuff also that you, yeah. that you wanted to talk about? Well, just, I mean, um, don't go in the house is, um, it's a video nasty, um, that I'm particularly fond of another kind of sleazy movie that I think, uh, subculture put out a German Blu-ray of already. This might be the same master. I don't know, but that's coming out, uh, as well as go tell the Spartans, which is a Burt Lancaster movie. They announced a long time ago. um, they say they're going to put that one out through screen screen archives, even though they had that whole thing about putting some of their titles on diabolic because of poor sales. So I guess this one is going back to screen archives. So a few other pieces of news that I wanted to talk about tonight, the um, folks at universal have announced their first 4k ultra HD titles that they're going to be releasing, including lone survivor, Lucy and oblivion. I think of those three, though, uh, I think I would I would like to see Oblivion on uh, HD, like Ultra HD. Me too, easily. Um, and then there are some new uh, Star Trek Blu-rays that are going to be coming out, um, including, but these are only like repackaged, I think, Steelbook editions that uh, I think are coming in the UK and the United States. Um, Unfortunately, these discs are all going to be repackaged versions that have already been released, and so none of them are getting remastered or getting new supplements, and the uh, motion picture version is not the the, the director's cut. So um, for anyone out there who's holding out on those, like, or if you, if you already own the Star Trek Blu-rays, you probably don't need to buy these unless you're kind of obsessive about steelbooks, in which case... These might be. These might look nice on your shelf. Um, also, a couple of other things. The have you been following at all? This um, so Cinelicious is going to be releasing this. Um, they're doing it theatrically right now, and then they're going to be releasing it on home video. This film, Belladonna of Sadness. Yeah. Um, interestingly, Matt Lynch of Scarecrow Video had that on his discoveries list this year in January. Um, so I was immediately like, Oh, what is that? And then to see that Sinalicious is putting it out now is, is really cool. I'm very intrigued by this one. Let's see. When is that one coming out? That one's coming out in July, July. Yeah. yeah. I'll totally Um, get that. There is also, so there's this publisher called hat and beard press. They're a, like a book publisher. They're going to be releasing a hardcover, um, kind of a nice coffee table book, um, featuring the, art and kind of making of this movie 
it's going to be available. It's a limit. There's a, a limited edition version and just a standard edition version. The limited edition one um, is $120 if you buy it through them. Um, but that one does come with the Blu-ray as well as a kind of big 27 by 39 poster for the film and um, alternate theatrical poster, um, a jewelry pin, and a promotional postcard. But uh, I'm I'm very tempted to pick up this book just because the I still haven't seen the film though. Um, no, but, but uh, I am very curious. I don't. Maybe I'll just get the Blu-ray first and then we'll see if the limited edition book is still available and then pick it up from there. I guess I don't really need the poster. I buy so many posters, man, and uh, I don't have any room to put them up in the house. Yeah, I've somehow been able to veer away from that, which wasn't easy. I just bought. And they're still kind of sitting rolled up in the bedroom. Uh, the posters um, for, that Greg Ruth did for uh, Dragon Inn and A Touch of Zen, the Criterion posters that he did, the like the ones that Janice Films are using for their uh, for their theatrical tour. Yeah. And uh, I bought. He was selling them through his own website. I, I imagine that Criterion will probably sell them at some point on their website, but I was so excited that he was selling them that I bought them right away. And he was, you know, he signed them and um, they were, you know, relatively, they were about as expensive as I probably would have spent if I bought them directly from Criterion. But I don't have any room for these posters. <laughs> and and my, I sh- my wife was like, what are these? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, you know, that's the worst question to get. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got, I got a couple posters and it's just like where are you gonna put these posters ryan because you know you have the walls covered with with shelves for your books and your movies we have a few posters in our bedroom there's not really anywhere else in the house uh and so like i have all these mondo prints and i have all these posters rolled up and i just i'm 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 kind of collecting them for the day that we eventually have a house big enough to display them uh because i feel like well if i don't buy them now you know later on in life when i have room for them i'll regret not having bought them and so uh i can just hold on to them until i have space and then they'll be there waiting for me that's the that's what i tell myself i i know that feeling i've told myself that for sure i've 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 been able to solve this a little bit in that like in my office at work, I started switching out posters. I've been able to sort of learn how to take them in and out of the frames pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So when I get bored of one, I'll just switch it out. And that way I'm sort of displaying many, well, not all at the same time. That scratches that itch for me somehow. Yeah. We have a poster up. We have a mondo print up in our house right now, a Jurassic Park one that I feel like we've had up for a few years and it's probably time to switch it out with something else. It's just like so many of the po- so many of the posters that I have are either like not super appropriate for Miranda to look at. Um, not to say that they're like, you know, lewd or like, you know, violent or anything. But I just, you know, I have like a Dracula one that I think would be cool to have up. But I don't know. Scary, if it might be a little too scary. Maybe it'll give yeah. her nightmares. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You're a considerate dad. <laughs> But the Jurassic Park one, I think, is a lot of fun. And it's a movie that she still hasn't seen, but it's a nice one with dinosaurs. And so, like, it's a poster that I think can help kind of, like, 
plant some seeds in her head. And so like when she finally does see it, it'll kind of click in like that. She maybe she'll have these like false memories of it uh, that, you know, (laughs) from looking at the poster or just having the poster up in the house. And and so when she sees it suddenly, like, you, you know, she'll get to that moment and the poster is of like the brachiosaurs in the trees and you know the kids kind of it's a great poster and uh i feel like when when we see that in the mood like when we're watching the movie finally and when she's old enough and that moment happens you know she's gonna be like <gasps> like you know there'll be like a little sparkle in her eye and she'll be like look the poster the, the movie <laughs> <laughs> those are brilliant moments i was just gonna say you're playing the subtle long game with like the subliminal hinting that's great i, I need to do more of that <laughs> Um. So let's see what else. What else? What other news do we have to talk about here? Um, I'm just gonna quickly pull up a few things. Uh, the um, Rialto just put out a trailer for their restoration of the Fallen Idol, which is um available now on Blu-ray. Oh no, yeah, it came out last um November, but um, this is a Blu-ray that I've been wanting to pick up for a while now, and I think there was some kind of problem with the Blu-ray that was corrected and so now it's safe to go buy that one it's region locked um but i wouldn't hold my breath for a region one release of this one anytime soon it's studio canal right it's studio canal yeah damn them such a bummer i still have my dvd my criterion dvd of that and i I just love that movie though that might be my favorite carol reed movie oh i don't know if i could say that i i know i know it's crazy and you know the third man is amazing but if I'm going to watch one, I'm I'm more likely to watch that one. I don't know. I just really have an attachment to that one. I'm not saying it's better than the third man. Don't quote me on that. But it's it. May, I may prefer it slightly. Anyway, it's a great movie, and it's too bad that Studio Canal split from Criterion in that way, that or that they picked up those films, because I'd love to get a Criterion Blu-ray of that. Yeah. Well, uh, I, there's not a whole lot of news to talk about this week, so we can move on from here. Um, you know, I guess another piece of news, uh, meta news is that I changed the music on the podcast. Uh, a few people noticed, I guess, I guess we have a few listeners out there. Uh, cause I got some, some people emailing me like, or like tweeting at me and, and messaging me like, I wondered if anyone would notice what they say. Uh, I didn't get any negative responses. I oh, thought, okay, it, I thought, I, and I guess I didn't even mention it in the show last week. And I just kind of like quietly put it in and then just wanted to see if anyone would notice or like. <laughs> you know what people would say um i, I don't like know what, what did you think of the music that i chose i like it I, it's uh, you know it's one of the shorter intros it's just a neat mood setter i like it yeah i don't i for, for, at one point when i f- kind of took over duties of editing the podcast i had like a 20 second musical intro and i thought like man that is so long <laughs> for people to sit through like just get to the point. <laughs> so I, I think I've cut this one down now to where like, it's like less than 10 seconds or like slightly less than 10 seconds. It's and, lean and mean, man. Yeah. It's, it's seriously quick. It's nice. Well, we'll see if I can cut it down even more. No, I mean, I, I think it's great. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about what came out this week on DVD and Blu-ray. Criterion put out The Naked Island. This is the... Um, Kaneido Shindo release. This was once upon a time released through the Masters of Cinema on DVD and Blu-ray, um, and now is available uh, through Criterion. Did you get a chance to watch this one? 
No, I did not. Okay. Yourself? It is. I did see it. Uh, it is great. It is cool. beautiful. And it's uh, kind of a, it's, so they, it's described as documentary like dialogue free, a portrayal of daily struggle uh, on this, uh, on this Island. Um, I think it's amazing. And it's probably going to be one of my favorite releases of the month so far. Although I have been watching the, the Vim vendors uh, collection, which is coming out next week or the week after and um man those movies just like oh they're like some of my favorite types of films and they look gorgeous i can't wait that's um, that one's really been on my list for a while the naked island is available to watch on hulu so if anyone has their hulu subscription you can go check it out there if uh and then if you like it you should definitely pick up this blu-ray it's got a new uh introduction with shindo it's got an audio commentary track um, there's a little, you know, video clip of Benicio del Toro talking about the film. Um, so it's it's a pretty good one. Uh, and then it's got a nice, you know, uh, illustrated cover from Vivian Flesher. The other, uh, let's see, the folks at Masters of Cinema released The Last Command. The, um, what is his name? Um, the Von Sternberg film. This one was Once Upon a Time in the DVD collection from Criterion, the uh, three silent classics by Joseph von Sternberg, <clears throat> which is now unavailable, not technically out of print, but not, uh, you know, no one can go out and, and buy it. Right, or you know, if you want to go buy it, you're going to spend a lot of money on it, basically. Um, what came out this week that you're excited about? Easily my favorite stuff is the Flickr Alley stuff. Yes. So they this week they released the two film noir titles that we talked about um, several months ago now when it was first announced, but they released Too Late for Tears and Woman on the Run. Both uh, great Blu-ray releases, I think. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was excited because of what they were, but in all honesty, I was, I was cautious about you know, how good are these movies going to be, you know, because I've seen a ton of noir that's just fine, you know, I'm like, well, maybe they'll be fine, but they were both better than fine, um, and Too Late for Tears, I just was, I thought that was fantastic, um, but Woman on the Run is great too, I don't know, just the quality of the movies, and the restorations look good, and the extras are, I mean, total criterion level stuff. Totally, the commentary tracks are great, um, the one for woman on the run, they have Eddie Mueller. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. And he is just like, you know, he, he has several books on film noir, right? Like I know I see his name pop up on, at my bookstore all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's called the czar of noir for a reason. He is <laughs> just something else. I just love, he's got, he's almost got the sort of attitude of, of one of the characters of the movies sometimes yeah, when yeah, he talks, yeah, yeah, totally. which is not intentional. I don't think it's just kind of ingrained in him. So anyway, um, he's so entertaining to listen to and he always has great stories. He's not dry. He's just one of my favorite people really. So I love hearing his commentaries. If anyone hasn't bought them and you, it might be worth going over to Flickr Alley's site to order them. They're both 25% off right now. So they're both $30, uh, for the Blu-rays, you know, Flickr Alley's titles don't typically go on sale or they don't, you know, they don't get uh, much cheaper than this. So if you want to pick them up, definitely uh, go support them directly through their website. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but one or both of these is going to probably make my end of the year list. I oh, yeah, think, definitely. You know? yep. 
It's, I mean, seriously, anybody that likes Criterion type movies and packages, I mean, as if you, you probably have already been buying from them and you should be, but this, this might be a good gateway for somebody that hasn't tried Flickr Alley yet. Cause they're not going to be disappointed. So. These ones also are going to be coming out from Arrow in the UK, but I think if you, you know, live in the States, you should definitely support Flickr Alley in this, in this case. Yeah. They're great people. All right. So let's see what else came out. There was some, uh, Warner archive stuff came out this week. Dark passage. Yeah. Bogey Bacall. Yep. Out on Blu-ray this week. Um, another Warner archive release that I haven't seen yet, but I've been kind of anticipating for a little while and kind of reading more about is this Fitzpatrick travel talks collection that they're doing. Oh, did that come out today? It came out today. Oh man. It's a three disc set and this is volume one. And this is going to include a number of these shorts, these travelogue shorts that James Fitzpatrick uh, filmed during, let's see, like the thirties and forties. I forget when he, I mean, he was shooting films for decades, um, but I don't know what the exact years are that these ones take place, but it's, it's gotta be like, you know, like thirties, forties, fifties, maybe. Um, but I am such a sucker for travel documentaries, travel, you know, like, um, travel films, travel stories. Um, this one, you know, like I often will talk about like the, the Flickr Alley, um, what is it? Like the, the, uh, Shoot, what are those uh, Flickr Alley titles? Anyway, um, gosh, God, I gotta, I gotta look it up because it's stuck in my brain. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't look it up, uh, Cinerama—that's what I'm trying to think of. Oh yeah, yeah. So like the Cinerama stuff from Flickr Alley, those are great, and those totally scratch my like travel log itch. Um, but I was, I was watching some of these Fitzpatrick shorts on YouTube because a lot of them are available there. Um, these were all, I think, produced or, you know, distributed by MGM, but they were shot by him. Um, and it's, I love historical travel stuff too. Um, oh, you know, another good travel, uh, series is that Orson Welles around the world, uh, documentary thing that he did back in the six fifties or sixties. Um, I think that's available streaming maybe on Fandor. It's also available through the BFI on DVD. Um, but anyway, these Fitzpatrick ones are, a lot of them are available on YouTube in very poor condition. Um, I don't know how much better they're going to look on DVD, but this is definitely a set that I'm excited to check out. Yeah. I saw you talking about it on Twitter maybe. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I I just totally passed that over when I was looking at their, what, what was coming out. Mm -hmm. It caught my eye for a second. And then I was just like, I should look into that. That's great. I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. Yeah. Um, Arrow released a couple of things this week. Um, let's see. Hired to Kill. This is one of the Arrow titles this week. Yeah. Is this 80s, I think? I should look this up. It's Hired to Kill. Is this the one with, with Oliver Reed? Yeah. Okay. Man, that mustache that he has uh, oh, in this is just amazing. Yeah, that's a serious, like western or civil war mustache something crazy yeah um and then the other one that is let's see where is my list here is that um killer force is that another is that the arrow one that's kino scorpion but similar looks to be in a similar category i was watching a little bit of this one today 
and it, it looked interesting, you know. It's, it seemed to be about this, like, giant uh, swath of land that's like a diamond compound and how Telly Savalas runs security on it and people are always trying to sneak in and get diamonds and they try and stop him. I don't know, that's all I saw. But it, lo- it was entertaining. It's got Peter Fonda with a big beard. Did you end up watching, um, I know we talked about it when it was announced, but Cop Rock, did you end up re- I, going back to revisit it? I have a copy of it and I almost watched it last night. I may try and watch it tonight. I'm still very excited about it. My enthusiasm has not dipped for Cop Rock. <laughs> um, did you see The Witch? I did. How, okay, so I have heard nothing but good things about The Witch. Good no. to, to great. Like everyone kind of sees it and then raves about it. Um, what did I'm you one think? of those lunatics. That oh, wait, a lunatic that doesn't like it? I didn't like it. Oh, no. I mean, there's parts. I mean, I respect it, but I just thought it was really boring. And I didn't think it was groundbreaking in a way that was like no other horror movie I'd ever seen before. I mean, the one thing that it does right is it does period almost to the point of annoyance in the, the way the characters speak and act is yes, very period in some way, I guess, but it just became kind of boring and stopped. It stops being a horror movie for like a really long time and it lost me. So, and my wife was super pissed. <laughs> that didn't help things either. She was pissed that while like at the movie. Yeah. Well, at, at the movie at me because, <laughs> cause we never, we don't get to go to movies very much. So yeah, I, was I know like, you got to pick a good one when it's exactly like, when you bomb it, they, they're like, she she was just mad. Well, because you know they built people build up the ending of the movie, and I'm not about to spoil anything about it. But when we got to that ending, it was it was just not particularly <laughs> mind blowing to us anyway. I think we had built up something pretty crazy, and it didn't mm. quite live up to that. So, but she when she doesn't like a movie, she's very much like you know she gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, she was almost as upset as she was after we watched. Um, Schenectady in New York but not quite so that's like, the most mad I've ever seen her at me especially when Charmaine doesn't uh, when she's not in into a movie that I pick she just you know like leaves the room and like she'll just <laughs> go do something else she'll just like go do dishes and she's like oh, I'm, I'm quietly I'm, bails I'm, and you look over and you're like oh I guess this one didn't, yeah, didn't float I feel bad because like she'll I'll say oh what do you want to watch tonight and she'll say oh you know whatever surprise me you know pick something um, and like you have to just run down this this calculus in your head of okay well I know what I would like to watch right now, or I, I have an, an idea of some films that I, that I haven't seen, that I need to see, that I have right here that I can watch. Do any of these seem like movies that she would be into watching? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, well, let's now move over to the other piles of movies that maybe I haven't seen or I have seen that you know she's more inclined to enjoy watching. Yep. And then sometimes I'll just sit and like scroll th- endlessly through Netflix <laughs> in the hopes that I'll like see something that she'll be like, Oh, I've, I kind of want to watch that. And, and then, you know, then it's like, okay, do I want to watch that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's rare that when I'm flipping, do I find something that I'm like, Oh, I've been dying to see that. It's usually something that's passable. And then suddenly that's what you're watching and you're kind of like, Oh damn. I could be watching. Like, you almost get that feeling you mentioned, where you're like, "I could be watching something else." Yeah. But this is okay. That that happens to us a lot. 
All right. Well, uh, what else came out this week? So any other keynote releases this week that you wanted to talk about? Um, well, I haven't seen Candy, um, but it's got quite a cast and quite a pedigree. Um, I think it's from the screenwriter of um, Dr. Strangelove. I don't know. I th- Terry Southern, I think, worked on that and some other um, kind of out there 60s movies. Um, so I'm curious about that one, but I haven't seen it. Um and what's the other keynote title? Who is Harry Kellerman and why is he saying terrible things about me? Mm-hmm. Is fascinating. It's a really weird Dustin Hoffman movie right in that sort of graduate slash midnight cowboy. I want to say it's in that period. Mm-hmm. So if you like him in that period, you might like this movie. It's it's kind of odd, but um, definitely one that's pretty much disappeared <laughs> until this release. Um but the other thing that's interesting is um, I saw what you did from Scream Factory, which is a William Castle movie that um, I like a lot. Are you a fan of that one? I don't think I've seen this one yet. Um, Larry Karaszewski does a great trailer from hell on it, um, but it's just basically about two girls that uh, end up... Well, <laughs> this girl and her sister always... They live in a remote farmhouse, and so they like to call people, just random people up, and pretend to be you know, somebody like a lover of theirs or pretend to be a lost child or, you know, I mean, they just mess with people over the phone. And then they, at one point they call, she has a friend over and they end up calling somebody that's just committed a murder. And they say that I saw what you did to him and it becomes a thing. So it gets kind of crazy, but I like that movie. I think that's about it for me as far as like titles that I was into that I wanted to talk about tonight. Was there anything else that you had uh, on your list of stuff that you watched this week? No, I think that's everything. Did you, um, I just got the check disc for the upcoming Arrow release of Bloodbath. Have you seen Bloodbath or any of the versions of Bloodbath? I, I think so. I might be con- confusing it with another movie called Bloodbath. Yeah. So I have to see... I mean, I can just go look up the year, but that's not going to do it for me. I have to actually watch it again to realize if I've seen it. Um, so I I pre-ordered it. I'm definitely getting it. Are you I'm, getting I, the limited edition version yeah, of it? Okay. The, yeah, that set. Uh, I'm, I'm seriously considering ordering that too because this movie, like... Uh, I've you know I've only like sampled it a little bit and then just have been reading about it over the past couple of days. Um but this limited edition set comes with four versions of the film. That's crazy. And, um, you know, like I like, I read the title and I thought like bloodbath, that doesn't sound like a movie that I really want to watch right now. But then I started <laughs> reading about it and man, it just sounds fascinating. Like what happened to this movie? You know, you know, this is like a Roger Corman film, you know, produced by Roger Corman film. Um, but it just seems like it went through such an ordeal kind of getting, cut and recut and released and re-released in different ways then it's amazing that they're putting together this this set now with all of these different versions with all these different supplements on it so it's one yeah, that i'm man. i'm, I'm looking i know I, it's it's amazing and uh it's definitely something that i'm now considering uh picking up when it comes out in the states or is this is this a u.s and uk release it's definitely u.s okay and tr- it's probably uk as well i just I, I know i ordered it from amazon u.s so um but yeah i mean just between all these boutique lego labels really stepping it up if it's Flickr alley or arrow it's kind of crazy how we have all these sort of other criterion 
level stuff out there just from these other companies it's just really exciting it's overwhelming because usually usually it was yeah there was these some decent discs and there was criterion and now it seems like there's just so much even twilight time all these other companies putting out really high quality stuff it's hard on the pocketbook yeah next week there's um there's some pretty big titles coming out next week the buster keaton shorts collection from kino comes out next week on blu-ray um wait wait hold on that one is interesting i actually did a little research on this uh um somebody asked me online about like what's the difference between that and the silent films that they released before Uh they're like is there overlap and i was like you know what i don't know and so i went to the website and i researched this basically it's a five disc set the back three discs are the same as the three discs in the previous silent set. Mm, okay. So what you're getting is the um, the earlier stuff with him and Arbuckle. So there's two discs worth of that. So, but if you already got the other set, I'm I'm kind of torn. I I want to see those films certainly, but I guess I have to sell that set again and rebuy. I don't know. Something. Did you look? Did you compare this to the um, Masters of Cinema version that's coming out soon too? No, I did not do that. I should have done that. There's also The Chase from Kino Classics starring Peter Lorre. Um, next week is The Player from Criterion. Oh, shoot. Let's see what else is coming out next week. There's some there's some pretty good stuff. Uh, there's at least one. Oh, Manhunter. So like the, the Scream Factory Manhunter disc comes out next week. Yes. And then the re-release or kind of, you know, bringing back from the dead volume two of Mystery Science theater 3000 comes out next week on dvd from shop factory they were they reissued volume one last year and now volume two is getting reissued finally people that time forgot i don't know if that's the same people that time forgot that i'm thinking of um maybe it is but yeah the player is uh pretty awesome yeah i'm kind of dying to see that again it's like right at the time where i haven't seen it in a really long time and i can't wait to watch it again all right brian we can start wrapping things up here thanks so much for hanging out tonight and talking about this stuff everyone thanks for downloading the show see you next time there are many podcasts that i listen to where they don't have like an opening shtick or like you know an introduction and they just kind of start talking and i and i always want to do that i always wish i could just uh just start the conversation and like have that be like where the podcast starts but i can start doing that it's hard it is hard and i can never (laughs) think of of like a, a good easy way to just jump into things yeah i mean i have some ideas for what i could do tonight if i wanted to but i don't know if i feel that confident about it well, right. I mean, I'm down for whatever, man. I'm not saying I'll do it well, but I, uh, I'll certainly try. Right. But I know what you're talking about. I like both things. Yeah. I like structure, and sometimes I like that kind of opening that you're talking about. It's like a cold open, but a cold open, yeah, exactly. I just you know, uh, sometimes the the structured open sounds too phony and like too too radio like in a way. <laughs> just like this isn't radio, and we don't need to be constrained by True. radio. You know behavior and you know it's it's fun when it's just like a conversation 
in podcasts where they just jump right in and they don't even say the name of the show or anything because like everyone knows what they're listening to they know what episode it is they clicked on the link they're playing it in their player they know all the information that you're about to say it's not like they're just tuning in live to hear (laughs) what you're about to say it's true we do sort of go by those rules when (laughs) we record when we're quote unquote on air yeah it is kind of weird yeah (laughs) I don't know, dude. I think you should include that whole bit as the open of the show, honestly. <laughs> I really think people would dig that, but maybe, that's just me. Maybe I'll put that at the end. 